If you're tired of spending money on trail cameras you use as tools only to find out they're built like freaking toys, or you've struggled with unreliable, not so dependable cameras or experienced customer service that flat out disappointed you, I've been there. Those problems literally birthed Exodus eight years ago when they shipped their first camera. Exodus had a clear desire to not only build elite products that enabled you to set it and forget it all season long, but also to back them like no other company was willing to, with an unmatched level of customer service and support. See for yourself why Exodus has over 15,000 satisfied customers. They've quickly become known for their five-year no BS warranty, quality cameras, and best-in-class customer service. You heard that right. Exodus believes in their products so much, every single camera is backed by a five-year warranty that includes theft and accidental damage coverage. Each camera is checked for quality control standards before it leaves the warehouse. If they wouldn't use it, you don't get it. Exodus is so confident you'll love your new Exodus camera. They're offering you, the listener of this show, 15% off your next order today. Just use code BTE. If you don't love it, get your money refunded in the first 30 days and just send her back. Exodus really has two excellent cell cam options for uh, all budgets, and they start at just $179. Plus, you're 15% off there. You use the code BTE. They have competitive data plans that allows you to purchase a plan and use the data as you see fit. They want you to be in control. There's no annual commitment and no limit on how many cameras you can run on one plan. You can share cameras with friends and no charge, which makes the Exodus lineup a great option for hunting clubs and leases. There are no additional fees for HD photo requests. That's pretty nice. No additional fees for video uploads. And all cameras share data on a single data plan for easy management. See for yourself why so many have made the switch to Exodus and experienced the Exodus difference. Use code BTE to get 15% off your next order today. Now let's talk about Osseo gear. It's a great option for whitetail hunters. They develop a premium line of bow hunting gear that will rival any other clothing on the market in quality. Plus, you got a lifetime warranty on anything you buy from Osseo, which is pretty nice. They have a super unique camo pattern and great technology in their garments to keep you comfortable in the stand. So visit asiogear.com get you some premium hunting clothing. Also, I want to talk about Hunting Beast Gear, makers of the Beast Stand and Beast Sticks. In my opinion, the best option for a mobile hunter that's looking to pound the public land or just hop around on your private land. I don't hardly worry about permanent stands anymore on the uh, few pieces of private I do have. I just use that Beast Stand and Sticks, and I got so good with putting it up, uh, taking it up and down, I really feel comfortable using it in any scenario whatsoever. You have it had the experience of getting your hands on a beast stand and trying it out for yourself go to beastgear.com get your pre-order in for the stand order you some sticks and become more deadly this deer season speaking of deadly gotta talk to you about stealth outdoors makers of stealth strips which is a great addition to any beast stand that you're going to buy or beast sticks it's a great addition for all kinds of stuff. I just put some on my bow the other day. Stealth strips really are a, a product that any hunter, whether you're a weekend warrior, 
or a guy that hunts almost every day really needs to take advantage of. Stuff absolutely deadens your, your gear uh, to make it essentially uh, noise-free. If you haven't checked out Stealth Strips yet, stop buying all the other crappy alternatives like the hockey tape and any other stuff you're trying to use to silence your gear. Get the good stuff. Get Stealth Strips. Visit StealthOutdoors.com. Pick you up some Stealth Strips. All my partners are linked in the description below. Go check them out. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. We are in Nebraska, coming to you from Nebraska. Is that what you're supposed to say on the radio? Or whatever this is? Oh, <laughs> uh, hope everybody's doing good on this hot middle of the day on a Saturday. Um, Dan and Eric and all those guys texted and not going to be able to get on so it's just us four losers here in the middle of the day trying not to sweat they uh we we went hunting this morning and then uh those guys didn't know so there's something to be said about that true hunters right right (laughs) (laughs) let us know if you can't hear one of us or something like that guys too and i can mess with the mics but sounds they sound good on our end um rendell this is rendell eric you guys, he's been on here once with Joe Miles. It's been what over the summer. Yeah, we were, it was during the spring at the deer. That's Ohio right. Show, yeah. Yep. And this is my dad, Kevin, and uh, he's hunting with us. And then Gary, of course, which Gary's been on here more than a handful of times yeah. now. So, um, you guys are all familiar with Gary. But we thought we'd just get on here for an hour or so while we're not doing anything and talk about um, Nebraska deer hunting for a little bit. Uh, sorry about last night. We we were a little ambitious about our our scheduling. I think we, uh, me and Dad got an hour drive to where we were hunting, and we weren't going to get here until 15 minutes after the show started. And then we didn't, hadn't eaten or anything, and we wanted to get up and hunt the next morning. And uh, the other camp was kind of in the same boat, so they uh, we decided to do it middle of day today. But that one's good. What the uh, getting all kinds of deer pictures. Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 Iowa, Iowa, three hundred inches. <laughs> yeah. Giants in Iowa. Yeah, all our ta- all our all our trail camera has been uh, doing is taking pictures of weeds, yeah. wind, wind. wind yeah, yep. got a few deer, a couple deer, but no uh, no shooters yet. Gary, what do you think about Nebraska so far? This is your first time hunting over here. Um, it's beautiful country and it's challenging. Um challenging in the fact that you know we have swamps by me and then obviously hill country by you and this is the first i've ever seen uh miles and miles and miles and miles of of corn yeah it's just it's kind of overwhelming overwhelming yeah but uh um and the fact and there's just a lot going on i mean to make it hard besides the hot weather and the fact that they're in a drought, so you can't even see any tracks. Um, and it just, and the acorns are far and few between. It's just the beans are yellowing up. It just it feels like everything's going against us, but we're, we're seeing deer. Yeah. It's, uh, the thing is it's, it's, it sucks when the first of your hunt is like bad weather too, because that's all you want to do is like, I want to get on them quick. And it's like, you just gotta be patient, I think. And I think our, um, I think our 
time is going to be on that Tuesday or Wednesday when things change. Because we're going to have – it's like 103 out right now today. And that's yeah. hot. Yeah. So um, that's crazy hot. Yeah. It was – when I went to the stand this morning, it was already in the upper 70s. I mean, it was still hot, you know. Um, I was going to ask you, what did you guys think about the – like the pressure so far here? I think uh, a lot of us <laughs> just – the dove season opened yeah. uh, yes yesterday so there's all kinds of guys out shooting shotguns running around a lot of the food plots and then that yeah, pressure we've seen people hunting about everywhere we've been so i mean it's not but it's not like crazy yeah i've seen way it, worse it's manageable um there was somebody i was telling dad there was somebody this morning parked in one of the parking lots on the public land that we were at but i remember him from last year i remember his truck so it's probably just a i'm sure it's a local that um there's also a ladder stand up on that side of the public he was punting on. So I bet it was his ladder stand and he was just hunting there. Yeah. The guy we ran into yesterday, he had a ladder stand up on the field edge and we would, Gary drug me three miles. To this <laughs> yeah. Country spot. And then he put me in that little cattail swamp where I wasn't too happy, but <laughs> I got out of there eventually. Oh, that's funny. Oh man. I didn't laugh so hard. <laughs> I was standing on a hill looking down in that marsh grass. Where's Rendell? I just hear a bleep, 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 you know, <laughs> line of cuss words. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he must be right over there. Oh, just laughing. See, I had, um, I, to be fair, I had hip boots on. Yeah. And he, he had just regular hikers on. So he's trying to get across this water that's about a foot and a half deep. But, uh, yeah. We yeah. made her. It was a good time. It was that was probably ninety five when we got over there yesterday. Yeah, something like that. <clears throat> yep. I wonder if the weather conditions aren't keeping a lot of the locals be more pressure if, it, if yeah. the conditions yeah. were we, better. We may be we may be blessed <clears throat> that the cold front's hitting during the week. Like if yeah. it, if it would have hit this morning or something, like there may have been people oh, wild out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe kept the dove hunters out though. Maybe there wouldn't be as many yeah. dove hunters if it was cold. I don't but know, man. Those dove hunters are. Man. They probably would have went anyway. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like uh, anyway. it sounds yeah. like opening day of gun deer hunting in Wisconsin with as much shooting in there as they're doing. Oh, it's just, it's just crazy. They're yeah. serious about their doves, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, we were set up last night, and for the whole three hours we were in the tree, all we heard was shooting. Every, like, <laughs> see, we seconds. we don't have dove hunters over by us, uh, I guess. We, they're as anxious to dove hunt as we are deer hunt, yeah. though. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I it's their it's their opening yep. for all that too yep, so absolutely. it is what it is yeah what are you gonna do yeah and honestly can. yeah i don't know how much they're hurting anything other than you know if they're just sitting on dove fields it's probably yeah, not, not anything. Really no no i haven't seen a squirrel hunter yet that's something i had seen before they kind of can hurt stuff because they yeah. they go they walk around a lot I thought I heard a 22 go off last night a couple of times. I think yeah. I had a squirrel hunter up yeah. above us. Last night. Messing us up. Last night, there was a, for sure, a yeah. 22 going off. Yeah. yeah. And had heard a gun go off. Uh-uh. Uh, not close. No. Mm -hmm. uh, Jacob, I sent you the link to get on, man, on Facebook if uh, Jacob is in the show. Jacob's oh. here punting with us. So he'll, he maybe he'll hop on. Um, a little worm out there, Jake. Yeah, I think Jacob had a, <laughs> I think he had a rough time yesterday. All right, let's hear. Here he is. Yeah, I had a little bit of a rough time, Josh. <laughs> Let me turn you up on our end, man. Just one second. Yeah. Okay, you're good. One sec. I got an echoing mic. 
Can you guys hear me right now? Yeah, we yep. can hear you. Okay, I couldn't hear anything for a sec. You may just have the uh, another page pulled up or something with the show on. Zip um, up the the slick Osseo gear right here. Yeah. I'm not sure too much chest. <laughs> um, uh, Rick is on the other side of the table right now, but he's a little camera shy. Oh, that's that's all right. Rick, you can come on if you want. We're, there's a there's only 68 people on. So Ricky, there he is. <laughs> Rick's been Rick's been killing a lot actually. He's been killing a bunch of flies inside the oh, house. Crickets. We have a cricket infestation in this house. I saw a cricket like that was probably three inches long today, and it was like half eaten. And I was kind of terrified if that thing would land on me in the dark. I would have thought of it getting attacked. Yeah, I had to. Uh... Last night in the stand, a cicada that was like, mm. I couldn't find him. And he, it sounded like he was in my ear. He was so freaking loud. It was <laughs> deafening. I finally, I finally started hitting my, my tree and he like flew off. I was like, I can't listen to this thing all night. Um, anyways. You had a great horned owl flying. On I, I did. I did. He flew right in the oak, just directly in front of me, maybe not even 10 yards. Got a little video of it and then uh, had a raccoon come underneath me. But yeah. Nothing I was looking for. A uh, couple right. squirrels. Catch uh, a raccoon to take it over by Dan. <laughs> I, I know. I thought Dan was playing a joke on me. Yeah, I right. sent him for some cookies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, We've had a cat visiting our camp over and over again. Oh, it's um, it just like keeps coming up and wants to get petted. So Dan bought a bunch of cat food because the cat's like really thin. <laughs> it's like 100 degrees out, so he, he cut open a water bottle and put some water in it. And um, he tried picking up the cat to bring it inside, and it clawed him. And he blamed it on me walking up to him as he was holding the cat. <laughs> so I went back outside, and I picked it up, and it was letting me pick it up and pet it. And I'm not going to lie, Dan looked pretty jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Mm. Uh, this is this is your kind of first out-of-state deer hunt. Yep. You went, yeah, with really. us, you went with us to Colorado hunting, but that right. wasn't. I didn't have hunting. no license or you anything know, either, no. though. I just went along for the ride, yeah. basically. And this so. is your first time, like, mobile hunting, too, for yeah. the most part. With a, with a stand and sticks, you, you've done right. climbers and stuff. I, back in the day, that's all we used to use was climbers yeah. or whatever. But um, getting it all thrown at me on the same uh, same weekends. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So far, so good. Yeah. Yeah. We had, uh, well, we both had a kind of a cluster going in. Me and Dad did. I was walking down the uh, the lane, and I had a, I have a long walk to my spot, and I looked down, and my my drop away limb driven rest is up. I'm like, what the heck? And I looked down, and my uh, my dang cord on my bow had come loose, and so I I had to like I got my needle nose out, and I had to tie retie that thing. Well, I don't have much rope to tie uh, tie the rope back onto my bow, so I had to get my needle nose. It took me like 20 minutes to get that thing fixed. And then dad, he had all kinds of stuff. With him. <laughs> you could tell it's been a while since I've been uh, mobile hunting yeah. or uh, hunting hunting in general with a bow. And I got out of the, I got to the tree and, you know, starting to get everything set up. And of course, right off the bat, set my uh, stick too high so yeah. that my stand was going to be too close to my stick. And that was going to put my stand too high and just everything there and i i finally got all that situated and uh just was kind of looking around and getting ready to bring my bow up and all that and all of a sudden i went i don't have my range finder yeah and i of course there's a brand new area to me had no idea how far anything was or whatever so i thought man but we got there plenty early we were yeah. way early and the wind's good back where the truck was at i was going to be walking you know right downwind again so i wasn't going to hurt anything I thought, i'm going to go back and get it and 
and uh, went back, got my insurance laying right there in the, where it was at, and got grabbed my range finder, turned around, came back, and got all the way back up, got everything set up, and got my bow and everything, and reached in my pocket, and my release was in two pieces. Yeah. So I was like, at that point, I thought, man, it's been probably 25 years since I shot with my fingers. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, I found it. They had one. There were supposed to be two nuts holding it. I found one of them and uh, got it pieced back together to where yeah. I think I could have shot if I uh, if I needed yeah. to last night. But all that has been repaired. <laughs> Tonight's good. venture back into the uh, deer stand is going to be much yeah. smoother. Yeah. I, I promise. Right. <laughs> These guys are making fun. It's been a long time since I saw shot a uh, deer with a uh, with my compound bow, and uh, I'm just about leaning towards a doe. So yeah. we got we got tags. <laughs> we got good. tags we're for good. bucks or does or any of it. So uh, how long yeah. has it been? Uh, man, I, I've I've been trying to think the whole time, and um, I because I I used a. Uh, uh, crossbow up in Wabash when, and I, it's had to have been 15 years, I'd say since I shot a bow with, or wow. shot a deer with a compound or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's, it'll be exciting. He'll, it, oh, it'll, yeah. you know, you still get excited, even if it's a doe, I, I still oh, yeah. get excited about it. So yep. it's fun. So hopefully it'll happen. We'll see. Yep. Mate. You know? Yeah. Yep. It's fun this summer. Like just getting you set up with a bow this year and stuff. We, you yeah. were, we like to, well, we both like to tinker with things. I probably get that from him and that's what we, I don't know how much we tinker with bows this year. <laughs> just, we went through two uh, bows and different draw links and all kinds of other stuff, but yep. it's fun. Feels good now. Yeah. Yep. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Jacob, what happened to you yesterday? Oh, quite <laughs> quite a bit of stuff. Um, first thing, so here here's your clickbait. I almost died twice. Um, <laughs> I'll change the title to this. There you go. Um, so here here's your clip. Just start it right there. Um, so walking in, um, I was walking in the dark without a headlamp because it's a full moon. You can see pretty well. Yeah. And I come around a bend in the trail, and it just smells like awful ahead of me. And and I notice there's like a dropping thermal. Um, so I just get this awful smell. I'm like, great. Now there's like something up in front of me and it has no idea I'm here because I can't smell. So I start flashing my light and I look and there's a bison like 40 yards from me, like a big freaking buffalo, 40 <laughs> yards from me. And I'm like, oh, no. So um, I have like a strobe mode on my my light and I started clapping and using the strobe and it took off. And um, it was so it was just this giant black mass that 
I thought it was heading towards me at first and I kind of might've pooped myself. Um, yeah. and, uh, it ended up running the other way and broke through the brush, but it kept going on the trail. So like I ran into this bison like three more times. Mm. Um, and by the third time it was exhausted. So it just didn't do anything. And I walked past it at like hundred yards. Um, so I did like three and a half miles and got in and yeah, yesterday was like 75 degrees at like 4am. Yeah. And, um, it ended up, getting up to it got up to 94 around 8 30 and then it it peaked at like 102 degrees um and so i was shifting from different points glassing and stuff like that i saw a um, few deer in a, in a buck and um i was liking what i saw but i was just confused because th this land is is tough they're so visual based it seems like with their bedding um but they they're always in the shade and so what I had seen before using like the sun exposure feature in Caltopo is that those areas that held shade for a long time because of the topography was what they were selecting for bedding. But at the same time, we have trees everywhere here. So it's not like they're concentrated in any area. And unlike you guys, there's like absolutely no pressure. Like I have not seen another boot print. I saw one trail camera today and that's it. Um, and that's kind of going to our disadvantage because we, the deer are anywhere, you know, they could be in the most, they could be right off of the trail. They could be anywhere. So when they're visual bedding like this, I found myself bouncing back and forth between different peaks and going up and down these really, really steep Hills. Um, and I brought four liters of water and eventually no matter what I got extremely dehydrated. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I sat by a, I sat by a creek for a long time and tried to sleep. And then every time I was about to go to sleep, I'd wake up with like a racing heart and stuff. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm like, it's like four o'clock. I, I can probably hang it till the end of the day, you know? Um, so I book up this ridge and I'm sitting under a tree and glassing and stuff. And I texted the group. and I was like, if you guys, like, if I don't make it back to my truck or if I don't come back to camp, just know I'm somewhere between this pin and the access, like just come <laughs> find me. Um, and then Eric's like, don't be stupid. And I was like, well, I'm not going to be smart. You know, I just got to kill some deer, you know, no balls, no bucks. And at this point, it was very, very, very sweaty balls, no bucks. Um, and so and so I was just like dying. I was thinking like, man, if I see a deer like way out there or if I see it move into some area that I'm going to get a stalking on it, I don't think I can even make it to that deer and then make it out like that. And we talked to the DNR and they said, like, there's no point in leaving a deer overnight. You can try covering it with your jacket. You can do any of that. They said it's from there are people that will rifle hunt and they'll shoot a deer. And by the time they can get to the deer they shot, they'll be ripped apart. They said the coyotes are insane out here. So I was like, I don't know why I'm even doing this. Like I can I can find intel another way for the morning sit. Um, and I started heading back and um, it was like. It was a 10 mile day and it was about, I want to say 4.2 miles back. And it's just like up and down a bunch of like steep terrain. And um, I got to the point where I was like a mile away and it was all open field and no shade. And um, I just felt like I was ready to pass out. Like I, I thought that if I took a break and stopped moving, I just wasn't going to get up. You know, I just thought I was just going to, I don't know. I thought I was going to black out and, uh, my girlfriend called me and started telling me about her day. And honestly, that kept me awake is, is just listening to that and trying to hold a conversation. And I made it back 
Um, I got back to the truck and realized I dropped an arrow within the last like 600 yards. And I was so exhausted. I was like, screw that arrow. Like I'm, I'm not going to go get that arrow. And, um, I had a little bit of water in the truck. So I drank that water. Um, I went to the store and I sat with like a cart for like an hour, just in the AC, like trying to regain some semblance of consciousness. And yeah, so it was pretty bad. Um, I brought a lot of water, but I did a lot of boots on the ground and, and I kind of screwed myself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you made it back, dude. Yeah. Hey, Jacob. So what, what is your uh, tactic? Are you just scouting out as much as you can? Are you so just trying I, to find bedding? What 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 do you uh so I was just talking to, about this with Rick. When I first came here, it was gonna be about overlooked properties because all we ever heard from the DNR and the locals and everything is like there's so much pressure out here. And it's funny because you hear that about everywhere nowadays. And it's like there's like no pressure out here from from what I've experienced at least with the with the properties I've checked out. Um and so at first it was going to be, you know, your, your overlooked spots are getting further back and, and I'm no stranger to walking far. So I was, that was going to be my tactic and I would leave the overlooked spots, to the rest of the crew. Um, when I started finding no pressure, I had, um, I had sighted two shooters like right at the beginning. And um, that was on, I came here, drove through the night and then I went and scouted in the morning and I got to the top of this Ridge just at what would have been shooting time, but it was a day before opener and I glassed two shooters blowing and stuff. Um, and so I was like, came back here and, and reanalyzed those maps. And I figured the reason that they were in there is because it was a really steep cut going from one of the only ag sources, which is a wheat field. And um, it was in a cut that stayed shaded till like 1030. And every other area was completely lit up with sun until like nine. So the next day I went way back in there and um, the farmer started harvesting the field in the morning. So I don't think they came from that field like they normally planned. So I was like, great, well, that's burnt, you know? So my, my tactic shifted from that, those really shaded cuts to, um, to glassing and then trying to get on them. Well, I found that anytime that you skyline yourself, like those deer are just gone. Like I've had deer run away from me from like what looked like a half mile away and it probably easily was a half mile. So I was like, well, that's kind of out. And so I switched to just kind of like still hunting these bottoms. And right now, Gary, what I'm trying to figure out is I'm trying to figure out what food source they're truthfully using. Cause I, I don't feel like they're actually coming from the fields. Like we anticipated. Um, there's a few places where the oaks are dropping, but they're, they're almost rotted, but there's a bunch of rotted oaks sitting on the ground. Like they just didn't eat them. Um, and so I was, I was, scouting all these areas and trying to figure out bed to food, bed to food, bed to food. And um, I just realized today on a scout mission that they're just clinging really close to water. And it's not because they're drinking the water all the time or that there's select food by that water, but it's just that thermal and that coolness stays down there. So like even in an area where that Cal Topo is telling me that there's sun a lot of the day, it's such thick. Like we have those wild sunflowers here. Um, it's kind of funny. We actually have a lot of those, like we have a lot of like, um, cannabis sativa, like actual. Oh, it's everywhere too. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're all over the place, but they are really thick cover. So I'm finding deer in what looks like open where the sun would be hitting buried in brush. And I started finding beds where they're just getting 
if they can, less exposure to the sun and then that water bringing a cool thermal to them. Um, I found that's what, kind of what they're doing. So my strategy is, was kind of to find a sacrificial lamb of a deer that I would slowly work my way through and bump him and then dissect why he was there and start to apply it to different areas. But like I said yesterday, I went through so many miles not bumping a deer up close enough that I could figure out what they were doing or not seeing it before I bumped it um, that I had to completely shift strategies. And now it's like, okay, I feel like I have a bit of an understanding and I'm going to start to actually take tactical sits at it. There you go. Yeah, super long-winded, but... Just don't die doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's a goal. And yeah, I, if I have to die to kill a deer, I'll do it. But. You know, the symptoms of that uh, wild ditch weed is the same as heat exhaustion. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, that could be the problem. <laughs> Oh, Gary, funny. it was funny. You you sent me some kind of polo where you said put that in your pipe and smoke it as like <laughs> yeah. a joke, and then you found like the next polo was you finding that weed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, you meant it literally. Oh, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, that's something we do not have in Indiana. Is all that ditch weed? Yeah, no, it's pretty crazy. It smells skunky too. Yeah, but um, Josh, what what where do your tactics come in now? Well, um. I'm kind of like Jacob. We're, I'm trying to figure out you guys are finding deer in cornfields. It seems like you were saying that you're seeing a lot of that. We, that cornfield that we're hunting near doesn't seem to have deer going to it at all. It didn't seem to have the sign around it. anyway. we did find some, uh, oaks falling, but they aren't like they were last year here where it's like, you could see from last year, all the heads on the ground. It's, it was crazy last year here with oaks. And this year it's like, I would say 10% of that, if, if not less. Um, and I'm, I mean, this is literally, this is our second day, you know, hunting. So I haven't figured hardly anything out yet, but, um, Jacob, I'm kind of in your boat. I've, I'm moving closer to some water tonight. Um, and then dad's going to hunt the same spot he hunted, uh, yesterday, which is down in like a low area where there's a, a Creek running through it. I don't think the Creek has any water in it. But we're going to focus in on there, and then what? What they what they do have in common is both places do have oaks in it, and then there's also you know bedding really near both of us. So, like I can't tell you, we haven't seen a, a shooter yet. We've seen a bunch of does, um, but that's just what we're we're gonna. I, I don't know what else to do the next couple of days other than try to find some place that's cool for me. One, when I'm sitting in there in the hot weather, and then two, I think the deer are going to prefer that as well. But then at the same time, I don't know, man. Deer are tough. Sometimes I think oh, we, yeah, yeah. I think, I think we're, uh, sometimes I think we underestimate what they care about, you know, but it's hot for sure. I think, uh, elevation change is going to be key in hot weather too. Cause you get down in those thermal hubs. Yeah. They'll cool off a lot faster than if you're up top Yeah, in the sun and stuff or, uh, anywhere you get a good wind, they might set up for the, if there's a hard breeze, they'll get out in that. Cause that'll kind of keep the heat off them a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah, we, we tried um, hunting a thermal hub, thermal hub last night, and there was just a trickle of water going through there, and um, it was one of those things we were making it our way to the spot. Now, mind you, we hadn't been in there. We're, we're looking at maps. We kind of drove around the property. We kind of figure we know where they'd be bedding, and we hit this hub system, and um, it's it's right along a river. 
and it's got jewelweed down there, just loaded. And I know they love jewelweed this time of year. And we're, there's just trails all over. So we're like, all right, this is going to be it here. I'm like, you know, it, it's funny. Rendell said before we, we left the truck, hey, I, um, maybe I should bring my uh, thermal uh, or thermocell. Mm-hmm. mosquitoes i'm like i haven't seen a mosquito yet it's no big deal <laughs> i'm going in a, a short sleeve shirt and he went in his osseo hoodie mask thing i tell you what maybe if we were in the ridges it would have been all right but down in that hub where that water it's was all flowing through, yeah. oh i was getting hammered i i, I wish i would have had my osseo hood Slash. Yeah, nothing is remarkable. That that's my favorite piece. Yeah. Of we were on the side of the ridge, and I already had a couple mosquitoes on me. And I looked down and seeing that water and all that, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I was like, "Let's stay high, Gary." And Gary's like, "No, I want to hunt." And I was like, "You should leave. Leave. I knew it. I'm like, "I'm gonna get eaten alive." Last time uh, I listened to Gary, and uh, I, I think it would if we would have seen more. We had a couple uh, issues going on. First and foremost, where the deer were coming across the finger accessing uh some corn um the rancher left his cattle out there mm-hmm. they weren't out there yesterday uh or the day before yeah, but like in the afternoon faster. yeah we, we get out there and i know they don't like you just don't like going through it there's cows but um we're, we're we're still hunting it we feel pretty good yeah and we get get set up down in this bottom. It was just too good not to not to hunt a lot of fresh sign. And uh, all of a sudden, every probably every three minutes, bang, bang, bang. We hear the people on the private land are are shooting their uh, doves. It was just nonstop. I swear they went through three cases of shells shooting these. Had a good day, doves. So, <laughs> and when we got out. Uh, there was a couple guys in the parking lot and they were um, not as um, serious as we are. They were just kind of like, Hey, how's it going? You know, you yeah. didn't see anything. And uh, as they were, you know, smoking their, their uh, e-cigarettes <laughs> and uh, cigarettes and stuff. And we're just like, yeah, yeah, we didn't see anything. Uh <laughs> They're just uh, acorn trees. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tell you, said there's one acorn tree that he sits by because it was it was uh, dropping acorns last year. I said, "Well, are you sure it's dropping acorns this year?" Well, well, I'm sure it is. I'm thinking <laughs> we we found one acorn tree out of everything that yeah, and that's actually got our oak tree that has acorns. And this guy's oh yeah, it's got to have them. I'm like oh boy, yeah. but uh, nice yeah. guys. It's just uh, they came in behind us and uh, yeah, bumped yeah. a bunch of deer. So yeah, yeah, they set up like right on the bedding ridge where we were trying to avoid. Yeah, I think they were going to drop off that. We circled around that yeah. bedding ridge on purpose. Yeah, that's where they were going to drop down past us and into the corn. Yeah. And then our our main uh, where we wanted to go in. It was a sheer cliff. Gary walked right up and was like, Houston, we got a problem. <laughs> I mean, it was straight like 50-foot drop. I mean, uh, we're not climbing down that. So we should have went after we got done. We were like, oh, we should have went through the bottom and then yeah. along the river then got set up instead of 
because we had to kind of go around some here where we thought they'd be bedded at, so that wasn't ideal. But then that guy came in there right into the bedding and just blew it up. Yeah, he had no idea he even what he was doing. He just thought it'd be a good spot to go. Right. We have a lot of these. I'm calling them draws uh, on this property, and we have like a lot you can hunt on the south wind, uh, a few you can hunt on the north too. So I think we're just going to keep bumping around until we find the draw they're in because it seems like to to me there's sign in a, there's a little bit of sign in all of them um the one i'm setting in tonight when you say sign what kind of sign just just beat down deer trails and some poop and stuff like that yeah. it's too dry i can't i can't find tracks yeah i can't yeah, find the soil is super sandy yeah so. everything just looks yeah. like they, nothing they deteriorate so quick too, yeah they lay them down. especially when it's windy i think too and everything um but i think we're just going to keep I'm going to keep bouncing around in there until we, you know, put eyes on one in the right draw. Um, I'm kind of excited for the north wind to come because we can we can switch uh, sides of the property. And the other pro- the other side looks really good, too. I just can't can't really do much on the south wind over there. Yeah. Just going to put more time in the scouting, glassing, yeah. hitting up new areas, mm-hmm. looking at ag field sources and, and stuff like that. That's what I hunted until like eight o'clock this morning. So I sat up there for an hour and a half and then got down and scouted until whatever time it was, 10 o'clock. And I came back, but, and that's when I found this, but I, I went down to this because I was sitting, I wasn't sitting in a, I was sitting up top today this morning and I went down to a little draw. And again, it was like a really good sign down there. I'm like, okay, this is good. You know, it's closer to some water too. And then, Kind of hopped over to the next one too, and I kind of looked about the same. Like, okay, we just need to keep pounding away in here, and eventually we'll find one. Yeah, and, um, I'm kind of what I'm going to do. I'm just going to kind of um, hit precision spots mm-hmm. in those draws. Yeah, and see yeah. if I can't see something coming through, uh, and maybe get some observing at the same time. If I can see beyond, uh, like this morning, I there was uh, I was in that draw. And got in there, everything was perfect. And the wind was just blowing in my face consistently so I could get away with a lot. Got down in there and could see up on the other side where there was a trail that comes perpendicular mm-hmm. to that draw that we think the deer are following going from corn, corn back to those draws. So I was able to watch it. I didn't see anything over there. I did have two does come in 10 yards though. It was uh, yep. nice to see life in right. uh, Nebraska. But I was in four WMAs now, and there's just not a lot of rub rub sign anywhere, anywhere at all. Mm. I found some good rubs crazy. today. Did you? Mm-hmm. Some fresh ones from this year? No. Last year's, last year's rubs, yep. though. And you yep. found a shed. Oh, yeah, I found yep. a shed, too. Yeah. Josh, you always find sheds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I, I found. Um, I found two elk rubs. Nice. I had no a cheat, no cheating. Yeah, I was gonna say. I got I got a video of a six by six actually. Cool. I um was trying to film those deer that spooked originally, and I didn't even see it till I got back home. I got back home. I'm like, what's that giant thing in the background that I missed? And it's a huge six by six. And um, the next morning, I was walking past uh, one of the rubs I had seen before that was his. And um, I saw him up on hillside. I got like 80 yards from him. You know, you can just see kind of his neck and his outline because it's it's dark out. 
Um, but then I came back out and right along the trail that I accessed, he had made another rub on a pine tree and the sap was still like dripping down. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't even frozen in place yet. It was still running down the tree. So it was just hours old. It was crazy. It's not going to freeze. It's 105 degrees. Out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, uh, it's real close to their time of year. So they're getting antsy. I'd say. Oh yeah. I was hoping I'd hear a bugle. Put that on your biscuits, right? Yeah, it, it keeps the bugs away. <laughs> Jacob, what's the mule deer uh, status out there? I have not seen one yet. Okay. So I, I wish there were more. Um, I saw a really gray looking white tail yesterday um, from a long distance, and I reviewed the footage, and it was definitely a white tail. Mm -hmm. So I saw it with a, with a, it was weird. It was a, like a basket rack eight with a doe. And the mm -hmm. doe was like super brown, like light tan colored, like all the other white tails I've been seeing. And so I was like, cool, like that had to be a mule deer. And I reviewed the footage and it was clear as day of white, white tail. So, white, white doe. Hey, uh, so if Rick is with you, what's his, uh, what's his tactics going to be? Rick? <laughs> what's your tactic besides taking a nap right now? <laughs> He said he's going to shoot one at 100 yards. There you he, go. Said going, he said going deep. I think he's half awake. Um, yeah. But uh, Rick Rick started the first morning glassing. He actually took a pretty rough route today. Um, the property that we've been sticking to, the I don't want to give anything away, I guess, but it looks less aggressive than it is. It's shockingly yeah, very far. difficult to walk. Yeah, there's, there's some issues with the top of lines we found. Um, I think they switch a basis. So like where some of the properties around here are like every 10 feet, there's a line. And so they look insane, but they're not that bad. This, every line is 50 feet. So there'll be places you don't think are that crazy, but it's like every yard you're gaining two feet in elevation. There's some of the hills I've had to walk up. It, it's, it's very, very aggressive terrain. Um, so some of the routes we've taken that Rick was trying to go on was following trails that we thought were going to be there from the map, but are no longer there. Come to find out they're bison trails and not like human trails. So um, they're, they're not there anymore. So <laughs> yeah, trying to shimmy your way down or up ridges like that is very, very difficult. Huh. No bison around here yet. <laughs> are you running There's the shaded lot. relief on the, on your map and app when you're looking at topos? What'd you say, Randall? Are you, are you running the shaded relief on the, app when you're running topo lines i i have i do not have that on and on x but i started doing more with cal topo and having the actual 10 foot contours and then looking at some lidar mapping i've got a better feel for it i started using like the exaggerated terrain and that 3d view in on x and that's helped a bit but it's not like it's still i don't know it's still just surprising and it you have to kind of choose a route that doesn't have greenery on it like unless you can tell it's tall pines um because a lot of them are filled with grapevine and so like you'll just get your foot absolutely caught up in it or it'll be chest high vines you know that you can't really rip through so um that's something i learned in the dark on the first day scouting is uh you can't just go down and up a draw even if it doesn't look too steep uh that green cover is thick 
Mm-hmm. Brenda learned that. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm also twice the size of you. <laughs> <laughs> Rendell's just uh, now catching on. It's not a good sign when Gary goes, "Hey, Rendell, yeah. you go first. Yeah. Yeah. No, I go first, and then I look back and I see arms flailing and maybe a few swear words. And uh, I got some good video. So we'll, there we um, go. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Those are late night videos. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> hey, hey, Jacob, any uh, any crazy Dan stories yet? Other than that cat, not really. Um, okay. Just a typical, like Dan said he was going to be here today for the podcast, and he's not here. Yeah, um, that's all right. Which, yeah, which is whatever. Yeah, that's how it goes. Um, but, yeah, I haven't really seen uh, seen anything crazy with Dan. Other than, you know, just his normal not showering. Yeah. Just being Dan. He told me he only brought one pair of underwear. I believe it. Uh, I was uh, cooking some brats last night and I said, hey, I want to change clothes so I don't smell like brats. And Dan's like, what do you mean? I only brought one pair of underwear. (laughs) Eric said they found a pair of underwear out (laughs) out there. So in case he does. Now he's got two. He's he's got two. (laughs) Yes. So. I heard there was a, a mix up, a miscommunication on the uh, town you guys were staying in. Oh, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> that is a story. Okay. So uh, it's hard. It's also hard to explain this without giving it away. But um, oh, yeah, true. Just make up a new name. Right, well, well. Um, so basically, he looked up like places to stay near X, right? So we were going to hunt. Real creative on the name. Right. Yeah, right. Near <laughs> Big sure Bucksville. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. You help with the so, new name of Twitter? <laughs> we were going to stay near Big Bucksville. And so Dan looks up places to stay near Big Bucksville. And um, it pops up with something on the map that is the same name, right? Like, so, yeah, like, right. It's, it's, yeah. So it says, all right, here's a place to stay in Big Bucksville. And, um, he books a place and it's super cool. It's like a cabin and everything. And then oh, he was bragging about it to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was telling me, he's like, it's cheap. You know, there's mounts on the walls. It's great. He's like, there's cats and raccoons up front. It's perfect. So, um, <laughs> so, so of course Dan was super excited. We were like, heck yeah, you know, cheap, awesome place to stay. And, um, I, the day of was like, all right, let me drop some Onyx pins so I can just get travel routes together so I can navigate if my um, signal goes out and I don't have maps. And um, I look up the place we're staying and I'm like, dude, this is three and a half hours away from where we want to hunt. Like this is, this is or two and a half hours. And he's like, he's like, dang, he's like, we got to see if there's a cancellation for you. Otherwise we might just have to eat it. I'm like, I'm not driving five hours a day to go hunt. Like, like we'd have to completely shift areas of the state, all the e-scouting would be gone, you know? And, um, and so I was like scrambling together. Dan figured out that he was going to get this guy that would normally charge him a cancellation fee to not charge him one. So that was very clutch. We were going to stay in a hotel for the first two days and then that cabin for the rest. So we had to cancel the hotel, cancel that place. And I scrambled to find a Verbo and the Verbo is like a perfect middle ground between the West and East areas that we want to hunt. So we ended up like just, I think it was like 11 o'clock the day that I was leaving finding the place that we were staying and it's actually a pretty nice place. So it, it worked out. <laughs> it all worked out. Right. And there's still cats. So, you know, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. 
that, that, that didn't surprise me anything. Any, yeah, it didn't surprise me enough to even think about to tell it in this podcast. Because yeah, right. It's just status quo. Behavior. Right. Yeah, that's funny. It, it's always something. When yeah, Rendell, did you buy yourself a new pair of socks? No, I did not. You did not. <laughs> I'm going with the whole holy socks for good luck. Did you have a Did you have a coffee accident in the morning? You had to use one, Rendell, or no? They were just my toenails cut through my thing. You only brought one pair along, so yeah, that's funny. one pair of underwear too. <laughs> to, to, in your defense, you're not planning on staying as long as no, this. Probably not. Yeah. If Gary yeah, he's going to come to our camp for a few days, right? I'm trying. <laughs> What'd you say, Jacob? Sorry. I said he's got to come to our camp for a few days. Yeah. You haven't really hunted. Have you hunted over here much? Eh, not really. Yeah. I think when you live in Iowa, man, you just get spoiled. Yeah. Like, I venture out to all these other states, and I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, <laughs> I just want to go back. <laughs> but I, I like early season as a warm-up. Yeah. If you got all your new gear, you're rusty, you can get back into hunt mode. You can mess around. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm out there playing and banging and all. Like, oh, I need to still strip that when I get back. Or, yeah. oh, I need a different strap. Or, you know, it's just certain new products you're not familiar with, too, that you got a little, you got to tweak or mess with. So it's good to get out early when you're not, you know, in prime hunt right. mode. Right. Or chasing big bucks that you can mess around with your gear. So I like it for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so windy yesterday. You can make all kinds of mistakes and get away with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Blown pretty hard. Is it windy over there, Jacob? Oh yeah, it's like, I mean, it's like twenty mile an hour winds, but it's yeah. um, it, you don't feel the wind at all if you're in the bottoms because it's so steep. Mm-hmm. So it's, and it's still it's funny because it's wide open terrain. It's still you don't feel the wind if you're on a leeward side far down. So I, I kind of try to use that to my advantage because if you have like the I'm not going to be able to explain it like that, but if you have the wind whipping into a gully, it kind of curls back like yeah, flat almost. So if you're sitting on a leeward hill right at, right past that turn, you almost have no wind actually hitting you there. Um, and I think that's why a deer, I feel like they've been dropping and side hilling and then dropping down into the very bottom of those kind of ditches. Mm-hmm. Um, I really should call them canyons because that's what they're like out here. But um, it, if you can time it where that thermal tunnel's happening at where they hit the bottom, I feel like that's kind of a common area. Cause I've, I've walked through areas and, and part of my strategy is like, once I burn an area, like once I walk through it, deer aren't going to be there. Right. So I got to this point where I was glassing and I was like, I just set up this morning in a spot and I watched a deer run down into that bottom and hang out down there. And I was like, well, I guess I can't write off anything now. Cause it's like, they just, but I feel like they feel so secure when they get a little bit of shade, a visual advantage, and then some kind of thermal pull that they just, they don't even care if something was there. They just know they can get away from whatever comes there. Yep. Um, it's a lot of fun though. I mean, it's, yeah, it's fun out here. Just different. Completely so different. different. Very different. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't I haven't set a stand even once. There, I don't think there's many deer per mile as there are back at home. But uh, it's a whole different train, too, though. They Can, do move further. Yeah. Can you guys glass pretty well over there, Jacob? Kind of. Um, I got like a 20 by 60 spotting scope that I thought I was going to use a lot. But it's they're kind of tight, like 
it's, yeah, it's hard like, to see them. They don't come out of the bottoms, right. I don't think. Right. You got to have like a half mile between you to really effectively glass, like half mile to a mile, because otherwise the deer are seeing you pretty much anytime you make a move. Or even if you're just sitting on a, a non shaded hill. So you got to like find shade, but still have view, which is really tough. Yeah. And then um, you got to spot them from a long ways away um, and then get them to bed somewhere you can see them. And there's so much trees and stuff around here. It's hard to, you, they just disappear. Eventually you see them for like three seconds and they're gone. Mm-hmm. So like, I, it's like, it's not quite the sand hills. It's like the structure of the sand hills almost, but more steep. And there's a lot of options for them, which makes it kind of tough. But yeah. I feel like if you just sat on a ridge early in the morning and you got in where that they didn't see you sit down and then you could actually watch one bed, like it didn't sneak into a drainage or whatever. I feel like you could use glassing really effectively, but um, I haven't been very effective with it yet. I've seen deer, but I feel like they've seen me the second I've started moving. Mm-hmm. That's a lot different in our terrain. Yeah. Although yeah, probably I, I we're on, it's kind of tough to glass. It's too, too hilly. You can't see very far. I mean, you it look. It, you feel like you can see far, but you can't really. Right. With the deer moving in, you know. Even a lot different than like Western Iowa where I hunt. So. Yeah. Just that couple hour gap is that's way different terrain. Yeah. And piggybacking off what Gary was saying, like they limited non-resident tags this year because the deer population is way down in Nebraska, so they're trying to help it come back. They got hit with like a bunch of EHD and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, so far we haven't uh, put a dent in your population. So we're, good. <laughs> we're not hurting anything. Maybe they pay us for not shooting here. It's, uh, it's next, early. The next yeah. doe might be getting up by somebody. I get you a freezer queen. Those, those two does this morning were so could, I could have smoked them. They literally were 10 yards. Both of them stopped adult those with no young ones. Really weird. Yeah. Uh, broadside. I was just, man, it was, uh, it was pretty sight. Mm. Uh, and then it just proved that that setup works. So that's what I'm going to kind of do is I think I'm going to kind of just dive in close to some of these, um, these drainages, try to watch those drainages, whether, the, the leeward side of it where they may bed and, and come up from bedding or just using those to travel. Cause I noticed it seems like they use those to travel too. So yeah, I haven't really seen much for deer out in the open the last two and a half days. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're bedding lower too, Gary, like, like, you know, typically upper one third back where we're home at home, but I, I would not be shocked at all to see them lower. It, I mean, if you're walking back, especially late in the day or if you're if you're scouting or whatever in the morning and you just change your elevation like 100 feet you can feel almost the exact line where it's 10 degrees warmer 20 degrees warmer yep. like yep. it and i've actually the place i just scouted i got a bunch of film of it but um i didn't find them eating a bunch of jewelweed but i found them bedding in it so i feel like they're browsing on it somewhere but um just on the edge of like a a creek that's got sand and, and cover on specifically the side that is um that is west facing so like the side that stays shaded the most um they've been bedding there just in jewel weed in tall grass and i feel like they shift somewhere but i haven't found out where they shift well we went through uh w may yesterday rendell and i was the one there rendell got stuck in the cattails um there's a lot of river bottom there and actually when we pulled up there was a guy just finishing hunting 
And uh, he had like a ladder stand or a blind or something just off this field. I mean, it was probably only 100, 200 yard walk. And uh, he's telling us that there just hasn't been deer in there in the last couple of years. And he hasn't seen the tracks that he normally sees. And we're like, well, do you go this way at all? No. Would you go this way at all? No. And now at this point, we're like, well, here we go. Game on. You know, I mean, it's almost like a challenge. He says, there's no deer. We'll find a deer. Well, I think he was right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we found deer, just no buck. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of does in there. We literally, uh, three mile walk through there, and we found maybe five rubs of the whole place. Um, That's better than what we got. I even, uh, I crossed a river, a pretty big river, and got to the other side. I was looking at some sandbars. There's one corner of public, and that butted up against a, a cornfield. So I thought, man, that could be spectacular. That could be a, mm-hmm. an overlooked spot. And the sandbar was loaded full of doe tracks and fawn tracks, little tiny fawn tracks, mm-hmm. too. I mean, they, some of those fawn tracks are only like the size of a 50 cent piece. I'm like, where they got squirrel fawns that are size of squirrels here? What's, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. So uh, we, we got out of there and went to a different spot. The one thing I noticed that's been working for me is something I learned back in my trapping days when I used to trap coons is running the gravel roads and looking for sign there. Um, they road grade these gravel roads and the shoulders are still soft. And I can see the tracks. Some, if they're fresh enough, I can actually see what they were. Mm-hmm. Spot yesterday, last night we hunted. There, I saw a couple of mature bucks that came out of the area we were hunting. Unfortunately, you know, everything was kind of a mess yesterday. Uh, but uh, I'm finding that driving around these WMAs, I, I can actually see what kind of deer are coming in and out of there if there's a lot of them or if there's none. So um, that's helped me out tremendously. Yeah, and I used to do a lot of that right away trapping too. So he'll be looking at one side, I'll look at the other, and I'll pick out little feeder trails mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. that deer are using. We'll just lock on the bricks, block the road, and then get out. <laughs> yeah. We had a couple of people pull up yeah. on us. And they chit-chat. Hey, what are you guys doing? You guys deer hunting? Yep, yeah. yep. So they're like, good luck. Yeah. Until the corn's <laughs> cut down, you ain't gonna see much. <laughs> so that's funny. Are you guys in like standard hill country? Like like no, wooded hill country? No. It's flat. What no, I've been right, trying so to flat. find like hill country. Everything that I've been concentrating on has got more terrain, like I said. So that's kind of why we're finding a lot of the deer too, is the more places with terrain. It kind of got a lot of diversity, so I like that. And yeah. the last couple spots uh that have the hill country of They've held more deer, I think, for me and Gary when we got there to scout. So are you, are you guys on, like, open ag or patches of woods mixed with ag? Or? It's, like, mixed ag. It'll be just a hill country <laughs> piece, and then it'll have open ag around it. Gotcha. Lots of cornfields. Corn, yeah. corn, no beans. Yeah, one there's main, not hardly any beans one, around. Yeah. A little yeah. bit of alfalfa. Yeah, fields are a real rarity around here. We have, like, there's, like, two cornfields that are, that are like those circular fields, like you come mm-hmm. and like see out west, and and half the fields that aren't getting water are completely yellow already. Yeah, and and you can tell there's the one up. soybean field that that farmer's probably dumping 
millions of gallons of water per day onto it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest is like wheat, and a lot of it's getting cut right now. A lot of a lot of the beans are already turned yellow here, and the corn are already chopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was pretty surprised by that. I figured my original impression of Nebraska was, oh yeah, glass some uh, green beans and uh, and just see where they're coming in and out and put a move on them. Well. And Not around that changed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys want to, there's a couple questions. You guys want to answer those, then we can hop off here. Yeah, let's get it. All right. Gear, some gear questions. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we got the expert anyway. Uh, no, Gary's here for this one because um, <laughs> it's been a long time since I've uh, bought this, but uh, Devin asked, uh, what are the waterproof gators called that you use on? One of your videos crossing the stream, Josh. Uh, mine are Dan's frog legs, but Gary found another type that he really likes too. Oh man, you're gonna, um, God, Godwin. Yep, and they're fantastic. Uh, the first pair I finally wore through, I actually found uh, found out about them from uh, some old uh, conservation wardens and trappers, and they told me about them. So I thought I'll try them. They're a little expensive. They're about 225 bucks. They're briar proof. And man, I tell you, I, I think that first set I probably put on upwards of 4,000 miles before I finally had them leak. So I'm on my second set now and I probably have a little over a thousand miles on these. Yeah. Mine blasts me forever. I've had mine forever, probably since like I mean, I may have had them since high school and forever. Well, I use mine during winter time. Yeah, I, I don't put shoes, I don't put as many miles on them with as you snowshoes. So it, it's uh, yeah, it's nice because then you get fall through some holes in ice or something. You're not getting soaked. When it's this hot, I just walk through. Yeah, just take your boots yeah. off. Yeah, I was didn't talking. do that yesterday. Yeah, being high, man. <laughs> <That's my thing. laughs> I was uh, talking to a guy from here yesterday that I know, and uh, he crosses a river. He said he brings swim trunks with him and he swims oh, across nice. it. Like Dan. That's awesome. Like Dan's yeah. picture of the red. Dan just goes in his underwear. underwear yeah. Hole. Yeah. Yeah. That's how Dan washes his underwear. Yeah. <laughs> in the swamps. Yeah. Yeah. He's fishing. He just do it right on his body. <laughs> right. You just see fish start floating up downstream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. When I said a couple of questions, that was the only one. <laughs> So, someone anyway. asked me where I'm at. I'm somewhere in the U.S. Oh yeah, Nebraska we're region. all in Nebraska. That's as far as we can, yeah, uh, go from from now. But all right, everybody, we're we were just going to do this for an hour, and we're going to get back after it. Thanks for hopping on, Jacob. Yeah, hopefully, no problem. hopefully we didn't interrupt your scouting or anything. You're fine. We're okay, all good. man. Uh, good luck, and tell Rick good luck too. Yeah, Thanks. Good luck, good luck to you guys. Yeah, yep. Absolutely. Bye, Thanks for getting on uh, today, guys.